Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to the show, Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and we're grateful that you're sharing some time with us today. We're here to present through biblical revelation what God's love is demonstrated through Jesus Christ and not through the command to practice polygamy. We discuss contemporary polygamy comparing their doctrines to the truths of the Bible, the same Bible that Joseph Smith claimed was the foundation for the practice of polygamy. Our discussion this time is about Joseph Smith's command to live the United Order. Almost every organized Mormon polygamy group has established a Smith-style United Order, not as a choice for their members, but as an essential. Our co-host for the discussion is Earl Erskine, and thank you again for being here <laughs> My and pleasure. sharing Happy with to be us. Here. This is inter- very interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. There's yeah. a lot of interesting history that, that we share on this show. <laughs> And of course, our discussion uh, includes how polygamy groups practice the United Order today. And of course, we wonder why has the LDS Church discarded the United Order when Joseph Smith stated that it was an essential. That's right. He did. So they did the same thing with polygamy, though, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, they did. So they pick and choose what they want to obey. And yet they turn around and condemn the polygamy groups who do exactly what Joseph Smith taught. And they call them the apostates. (laughs) At Kirtland, Ohio, February 9, 1831, Joseph Smith claimed to have received a revelation about living the United Order and placed his new Mormon church under the requirement of a United Order management. We are going to read in part some of these scriptures, or not scriptures, but writings of Joseph Smith, that he about what he wrote about the United Order. We're going to start with Doctrine and Covenants 42, beginning with verse 30. Yeah, actually, Mormons and probably polygamists too believe these are scriptures. You so, betcha. So, yeah. Uh, so, beginning verse 30, and behold, thou wilt remember the poor and consecrate of thy properties for their support, that which thou hast to impart unto them, with a covenant and a deed which cannot be broken. And concerning the consecration of the properties of my church, that they cannot be taken from the church, a steward over his own property or that which he has received by consecration, as much as is sufficient for himself and family. And again, if there shall be properties in the hands of the church or any individuals of it, more than is necessary for their support after this first consecration, it shall be kept to administer to those who have not, that every man who has need may be amply supplied and receive according to his wants, to administer to the poor and the needy. Okay, now to put this in understandable sentences, each member is required to consecrate all his pos- uh, his properties to the church, yeah. and then he lets the church know of his family's needs and wants, and then he's given back that particular amount of property and resources according to what the leadership decides that he can have, and, and that's reasonable, and anything that's considered excess by the church, again, all of this is a decision <laughs> that the church makes, then what is excess property belongs 
belongs to the church for their uh, particular use, for their exclusive use. Now, this is called the United Order or the Law of Consecration. In truth, it's, it's communal property and uh, communism. Now, MormonWiki.com explained Joseph Smith and the early Mormon church's belief in the United Order concept like this. Yeah, this is from Mormon <coughs> Wiki. The United Order has always been has always been God's plan for his children on earth in order to provide for the poor and encourage unity and love. The law of consecration concerns the consecration of all one's time, talents, and substance to the building of the kingdom of God. In the spirit of this law, members of the New Testament church renounced the practice of serving mammon and lived with common ownership of all their substance. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. And then they go on to quote as biblical backing for this, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. Yeah, it says, Neither said any of them that ought of, these, of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Now the polygamy groups and, of course, Joseph Smith used this scripture in Acts to back their belief in the United yeah. Order. Now, in earlier, the statement said the, the United Order has always been God's plan for His children on earth in order to provide for the poor and encourage unity and love is not true. That is a lie. That's a flat-out <laughs> lie. They also said polygamy was to help the poor and the widows, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. And just like polygamy, the United Order has never been God's plan for His children. In fact, it's never even mentioned in the Bible. Just like polygamy, they make the blanket statement, this is God's plan for you, yet no valid biblical reference is given to establish that God did command these things. Now, Earl, you're from the LDS Church. I'm from a polygamy group. We live the United Order, yeah. you know, lock, stock, and barrel. You were a bishop. Did they, did they do the United <laughs> Order in any sense when you were... Did you were no, you taught it? What? No, I think well, and we do have hints of it in the in the welfare system of the church. The church has a fast offering donation that they collect, and they have a welfare system and farms and try to bring food in uh, and other commodities for those who are in need. But they've tried, as as we'll discuss here in different details. But they've tried several times, even back as early as 1831, to try this. Mm -hmm. uh, united order, law of consecration, but it always failed mm -hmm. because of selfishness or just men falling. Well, 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 selfishness is part of it, but think of it like this. Supposing somebody's a workaholic and somebody else is a lazy bum. Well, exactly. So the lazy bum gets to take off of the hard yeah. labor of the workaholic yeah. or the industrious person or the thinking, you know, yeah. one that it's not quite right, is it? No, and one of the things that surprised me as a concept that I'd never considered before is that Joseph Smith never had a job, you know. <laughs> not a paying job. Not a paying job. So I think that, and we, in, in Mormonism, we always had this order of Enoch. That was, we always believed that the, Enoch, yeah. the city of Enoch. And, and that's a fairy tale too. Right, that the city of Enoch lived the United Order and that they were translated. Mm -hmm. And so that was yeah. a, a we goal to that. have. Yeah. And in, a, in the temple, in the ceremony, the very last covenant we make with the Lord is that we will consecrate all of our time talents as it as And that's I read the law here, of consecration. The right? law of consecration. And we just always sensed that we would eventually have to live and give everything back to the, the church. It's mm -hmm. all his. All yeah. the Lord is all yeah. everything we have is his. 
but that eventually in probably in heaven we would live the united order mm -hmm. and have all things in common but okay. and the church tried well, several times over years to practice it but it, it just doesn't never, work never it doesn't worked. work because yeah. people do not have the same values yeah. biblically of course there's always been provision for the poor and for the orphan and the widow but never a command or a directive from god to practice a united order or polygamy to help the poor the old testament god did command people to be consecrated specifically mm -hmm. the israelites were consecrated to serve the one and only true God and the Levites were consecrated to God for the priesthood. Only the Levites could be priests and they were consecrated for that. But Mormon style united order consecration is nowhere in the Bible. Now they re do refer to Acts chapter 2 verses 44 and 45 as the biblical example for contemporary united order. These verses. Kind of like pulling things out of context Absolutely. usually. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as had need. So they use that, and, and I know the polygamy groups use that, those verses to substantiate the fact that they need to live it. Now, uh, in the Bible, the rich gave to the poor as needed, which indicates, of course, that those who became Christians now had a new sensitivity towards the poor, or as Jesus taught, they wanted to love their neighbors themselves. But there never was a united order community, never a communal depository of money and property taken by the church for the church. Having every Everything in common indicates that Jesus is now their master and Lord, and their common desire was to serve and obey Him, which included sharing with the poor. Mm. It wasn't common property. It wasn't compulsive or required, and it certainly was not a requirement for salvation, as Joseph Smith and the polygamy groups claim. There are many Old Testament and New Testament verses to explain that God's people were free to retain ownership of their personal property and their money. They were free to share or not share. It was always a personal and a private choice. But it's not a choice with Mormonism. Their tithe is called fire insurance. I've heard That's them say right. it, pay up or burn up, you know. Yeah. It's mandatory. With the polygamy groups, it absolutely is not a choice. They require everything from members or they cannot be members and all non-members go to hell. And then they boast that they believe in free agency. In Acts chapter 5, verse 4, pull out your Bible and read it. Ananias and Sapphira owned private properties. They were free to sell it or not sell it. They were free to keep the money or all of it or, or none of it if they did sell it. If there had been a united order at that time, their property would belong to it. They would be compelled to give all the money from the sale of the property. But neither of these scenarios is described in Acts chapter 4. And it's very clear that personal freedom to do whatever they wanted with their own property and their own money. Let's look at the verse. Yeah, it says, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? Personal. Yeah. Yeah, personal property, personal money did not belong to the United Order or a United Order. And Jesus never taught the United Order. In fact, we read in Matthew. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. The poor you will have with you always. <laughs> okay, so Jesus, he knew the economic conditions yeah. would be different for different people and different families. For the lazy person would probably be poor and the industrial person could would probably make yeah. a lot of money. So he said there would always be poor people, but he wanted us to share to those who were in distress. If he wanted a united order, he would have said so, but he didn't. No. Instead, he said to share freely and liberally. There was no compulsion for a united order. 
the concept of giving and helping the economically distressed is all over the Bible, but there's never a commandment or a model of a united order and never a model of a polygamy united order. Joseph Smith made fraudulent claims about what God said. Now, we want to look at some ways that the United Order is lived out in a few of the polygamy groups today. Now, the FLDS calls their United Order the UEP, or the United Effort Plan, <laughs> and those whom they consider worthy uh, to give everything to the FLDS Church or the UEP. Former LD, FLDS member Brenda Nicholson provided some information about the FLDS United Order. We're going to quote some of the things that she said. Yeah, Brenda, a lot of insights here. As Lyle Jeffs told us, not one penny belonging to a worthy person could be used to benefit or support an unworthy person. Okay, this is in the, in the FLDS United Order. Yeah. So they get to determine who's worthy and who isn't. And, and a family, a parent, if he's worthy, he, and, and they say their children aren't, then yeah. they can't provide for their children. Wow. And this is an appalling, judgmental, and cruel, poverty-stricken stricken culture. And, you, and we hear about it all the time, don't yes. we, in each group? Yes, we do. Okay. Her next little quote is, Those receiving government food stamp benefits were required to get a list of items the storehouse needed, and then you were required to purchase with your food stamps the items on the list, spending it all, and then turn it into the storehouse. WIC benefits were the same. That's women and... Women, infant, infant and children. And infant mm -hmm. and the children. vouchers that they receive to help the babies. So worthy members are required to turn over to the group storehouse all the food items that they buy with their food stamps and their WIC vouchers. And this is absolutely illegal. Yeah, totally she, illegal. And she goes on. Once, we were found, once you were found worthy, you had to make a list of every single item you owned. Every rubber band, hairpin, feminine hygiene products, pencils, pens, clothing, blankets, etc. There was a required form to fill out and turn in. Then you got an appointment with the bishop's office to go over the list, and they would let you know what God would allow you to keep. You were required to fill out a new form every month explaining the reason for any changes. Really is that kind of control. Yeah, Kingston Group did the same thing. Uh, and no personal property was to be kept outside of uh, aside or unaccounted for oh on that list. Wow. Yes, even paper clips, you name it. For it was always to be made available to the leadership at any time. It belonged to them. It did not belong to you. And they're the ones that doled it out, I guess, as, as requested. She continues, there were always make, they were always making new rules. One rule is that any possession that hadn't been used for more than two weeks should be turned in. Tons of camping and fishing equipment was turned in but then destroyed by weather or lack of use. Baby equipment was stacked sky high. If you needed anything, you had to put in a request. Getting these requests filled was a nightmare. What used to be considered needs were now being called wants. Of course, the elite families, and I guess there were always elite families, always, right? Always, yes. Were reaping the benefits of the obedience of the rest of us. So in spite of all the good food that was turned in through the food stamp and the WIC vouchers, and believe me, a lot of them are on food stamps and WIC vouchers in the polygamy groups. Well, they're single women, right? Mm -hmm, so to speak. Absolutely, <laughs> and large families. Yeah. There was, and in spite of all of that, there was hardly anything good for them to eat when they went to the storehouse to shop for themselves because only the elite got the good stuff. They'd get there first and they'd get the good stuff, the bacon, the juice, the chocolate chips, she said. Oh but then the canned goods, canned milk and other things would be far out of date, outdated, or they would have 
homemade uh, fruit put up uh, or whatever oh, they put up. And, yeah. and that's what the normal person could get, uh, Brenda said. She said it was sickening to see the gap between the haves and the have-nots. Mm -hmm. That's the United Order is supposed to close that gap. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said it's the United Order has been praised as a leveling agent for the people. But as with all communism, the opposite mm -hmm. is true. And we're a fallen people. We're just always going to have these problems. Mm -hmm. She continues, Worthy men who had wives and children who weren't worthy were told to get jobs and provide for their own basic needs. My brother had a job and kept a basket of food in his closet. He had to buy it himself and wasn't allowed to eat with the worthy family members. His mother was in the United Order <clears throat> and would steal f his food from him. My mother was unworthy to eat with the family, but she was worthy enough to cook all the meals and do the cleanup, but she had to go to her room to eat her own food. And so it's not a leveling agent <laughs> at all for the people. Brenda said that uh, it seems that the <coughs> Lord favored those with the right last name and those who were in positions of power, true in every polygamy group. This, of course, is the reality of how the United Order system really works, and it's nothing less than religious communism. And it's far from what the Bible refers to as having everything in common. Now, the James Harmston polygamy group, when James Harmston was still alive, required that whatever he asked for from a member was to be turned over to him. People signed their property over to him. He would charge up huge amount of debt on members' credit cards and then require the member to pay the debt back. Oh and he would even take cash from their credit cards and expect them to pay it back from their own personal income. Their property became his. Their income became his. And even for some of them, their wives became his wives. Sadly, polygamy groups often claim the children as belonging to the group, and parents are frequently unable to be involved with decisions regarding their own children. And when you get a closer look inside these polygamy groups, you'll find that the individual member has no rights and no personal control over their money or their property. Absolutely unbiblical concept. I was raised in one. I know from personal experience that this is true. And, uh, and I, I guess why is it that equality in economics is the purpose of the United Order, yet most polygamy groups, even the Mormon church who's yeah. supposed to have it, they have a high ratio of poverty within their own groups. The United Order obviously isn't. Well, it just it's amazing that people would, I guess you stay in this because you are you feel like this is the only true church? It's the only way. And you get, you leave, you go to hell. You stay, you have to do it their way. <laughs> it's just such a And then they, they scream free agency. Yeah. And, they, and, and, and they scream free agency. Free agency. <laughs> of course, the leadership has full control of all the money, all the property of every member. But the lonely polygamous wife with a dozen children not only does not have her regular needs met and the children's needs met, whether it's medical, dental, food, or otherwise, the United Order is supposed to supply all that, but her other personal needs and emotional, basic personal needs are never met, and the United Order leadership or her polygamist husband doesn't really care. The Kingston polygamy group is called the Co-op. Um, when I grew up, now it's called more frequently called the Order, but it's based on the cooperative nature of the group or the United Order. And the money and property is being placed into their United Order efforts. Everything is turned over to them. 
the terminology was it must be turned in. That's what we would say. Have you mm -hmm. turned that in? Did you turn that in? That means you give over everything to the group's management. Every dime, penny, dollar. If you find a nickel on the ground, you picked it up and you turned it in. And those who needed to buy something must then ask for it, ask for the money to buy it, and they decide whether or not you need it. In fact, they have a, so the, uh, a phrase that says, if we don't have it, you don't need it. In other <laughs> words, buy it at our stores. Right. Often they would say you don't need it, or they decided how much you could spend to buy it, and that's the only amount of money that they would give you, and it's your money. Members are prohibited from having their own personal outside bank accounts. You could lose your membership if you had it. All property is signed over to the group and title belongs to the group, but the member pays for the property. This is a pyramid scheme to shame all other pyramid schemes. And they do it all in the name of God, claiming they are building God's kingdom on earth, even though Jesus said his kingdom was not of this world. The Joseph Smith style United Order does not benefit the poor. It makes the poor even poorer. And those poor members are fo forced to continue to give all they've got to always be super frugal and not to question where their money goes or how it's used. It's amazing. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a lot of good free agency? Not terrible. The leadership are the ones who benefit from the system not the members. Just like the, the, the Brenda Nicholson said, <laughs> yeah. your last name determines how you're treated wow. in these United Orders. And when a member decides to get out, it's rare that they're able to take a dime of their money with them. And now we see this when women leave and, and they, if mothers leave the polygamy group and they leave with their kids just, and just they've worked their all their life in the group and they can't come out with any of their money. They have to leave it behind. And I think you've pointed out in the past that some of these groups are extremely wealthy, right? Oh, my lots goodness. Of, lots yes. of holdings and a lot of, mm -hmm. lot of resources. And, oh, yes, yeah. businesses and money. And, and when you've got all these thousands of people working together yeah. and they turn in all turn of their in. income and then they take that income and invest it. Very uh, frugal. Yeah, yeah, and they are yeah. very frugal. The, yeah. Like I said, the, so much poverty in the polygamy groups. The policy um, that the Kingston group uses is if anyone takes their money out, they lose their membership. So obviously membership in the only true kingdom of God is totally contingent on keeping your money in their coffers. Oh, Does God do that? Do you find that in the Bible? <laughs> no, I, I haven't found that one yet. <laughs> Does God bribe his people into his kingdom? Biblical salvation is free. It's not a for sale. And even the Mormon idea of tithing, you know, that's one of the questions to go to the temple. You have to go to the temple yep. to get eternal life, and you can't get in the temple unless you right. can say, yeah. and tithing is part of it. And not in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament uh, under the law, but uh, not in the New Testament. Exactly right. You're supposed to be a cheerful giver. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Biblical salvation, like I said, is free. It's not for sale. Uh, in the kingdom of God is not contingent on any united order or any payment of money or any consecration of property or giving tithing or any other payment of any kind. Jesus said, it is finished. It's done. Read Revelation 22. Yeah, and let him that heareth say, come and let him that a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Okay, so it's freely, isn't it? The water of life means that the, the eternal life that God has to offer is free, free, free. And yet Joseph Smith said in section 104 of the Doctrine and Covenants, the United Order was for the salvation of man. 
I give unto you counsel and a commandment concerning all the properties which belong to the order which I commanded to be organized, to be a united order and an everlasting order for the benefit of my church and for the salvation of men until I come. For the salvation of men. Yeah. I Did, don't know if we cover it quite here, but this, this scripture was given in, uh, I just, I was so chuckled by this, in April 23rd of 1834. Two months later, he told the, the Lord, told Joseph Smith to put this on hold and to, that it wasn't important. Oh, really? Yeah. The salvation of man is put on hold. Well, it's not so. important. Yeah. Um, really quick. Five, uh, Verse 9, therefore, in consequence of the transgressions of my people, it is expedient in me that mine elders should wait a little while for the redemption of Zion, which meant not to practice, not the, to United practice the United Order. That was in order. 1834. But, uh, it's uh, too bad he didn't have a revelation like that on polygamy, isn't it? Yeah. Things would sure be different today. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and of course, they did try and start it up again. but uh, They tried know. to several times, yeah. yeah. Now, like you said, tithing is an Old Testament concept. In yeah. fact, it's an Old Testament word that means 10%. Yeah. Or setting aside a tenth. Um, in Mormonism, tithing is as a law and a commandment that's required. In polygamy groups, they don't take ten percent; they take one hundred percent. And yet, there's not a single command in the New Testament to pay tithing. Giving is voluntary. It's a voluntary amount, and it's private between the giver and God alone. It's personal and is not to be compelled upon anyone by anyone. The United Order polygamy groups have and do build wealth that is enjoyed only by the select few who have the right last names, and they do it off the sacrifices and through enforced poverty and slave labor of the members. The true kingdom of God does not benefit from all this wealth because God already owns everything and he doesn't need anything. God did warn the man who does not support his own family that he is worse than an infidel. Now as many Bible verses as they <laughs> use and apply for their own, you know, for, yeah. to, to, to undergird Justify. their own, yeah. why, don't they, why don't they take this one? Because yeah. uh, a man is supposed to support his own family. God said so. The polygamy groups need to adopt that one as part of their uh, scriptures. So we urge all of you who are watching who are in a United Order polygamy group to study these things out and take your money and run, but <laughs> run to Jesus because he will receive you yeah. freely with open arms. They're just so anyway, this is a very quick rundown on um, the United, United Order. Order. And I was surprised. Joseph Smith style. Yeah, I was surprised how many scriptures there are, how many sections relate to the United Order and the Law of Consecration. There's a lot in, in here. And as I said, you know, Joseph Smith didn't have a job ever, a paying and, job. So. And the United Order fails. Yeah. It, it failed. They tried it. They tried it. They tried it. And it fails. And the only reason it doesn't fail today is because they they rule it with an iron fist. Mm. And But there are people who who are more educated, they're, they have more, um, uh, you know, desire to work than others, and so of course it'll fail. Well, thanks, Earl. Appreciate yes, it again. thank you for having um, me. The United Order requirement of all the polygamy groups is just another layer of works-based religion that will keep people from the simple truth of Jesus Christ. God has shown us in the Bible that there's only one requirement for eternal life. Everything else is a false mediator promising to do what only Jesus can do. God does not need your money or your your property to build his kingdom. Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. So why do so many religious groups in this culture claim that they're God's kingdom and you can get to God only through them? 
there are no works there's no temple no patriarchal or priesthood society or tithing or polygamy or marriage system that will get you closer to God Jesus is the ladder to heaven and no one else can get you there any other way see you next time on polygamy what love is this this has been the audio podcast edition of polygamy what love is this this program is a production of a Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.